With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away, and it's Welcome one, welcome all, TV Tortillas and Takes Podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And earlier this week. We talked men's basketball. We got everybody ingratiated with the men's basketball team. And uh, the men's basketball team keeps cooking. They keep cooking another 100-burger going up against Houston Christian. And um, the men's team, they've really responded to some of the rumors that was going on in the program with back-to-back 100-point games. The offense has been there, and the defense has been right up, up up against it as well. Like, it's been impressive. It's been good to see. And I'm glad. It seems like right before conference season, the men are really kind of getting in gear. Uh, but flipping to, flipping gears a little bit, what about the women? We have not got a chance to talk about the women's basketball team, uh, the Texas Tech women's basketball team, which this is a team that doesn't have any drama. Right now, the, the biggest drama that they've been involved in was a wild tournament in Vegas and it had nothing to do with them. It had everything to do with the tournament promoters or the people that were organizing the tournament. It was, it was absolutely embarrassing. And we'll get into that a little bit. But... Um, the team is the team is playing well, eleven and one, eleven and one, and and as I was watching them play UC Riverside, the the commentators made a comment as far as that one loss being one that uh, Coach Gerlich and company are still kind of salty about because they felt that was a game they shouldn't have lost. So this could have easily, very easily been a twelve and zero team. But either way, it doesn't matter. They're eleven and one on the season, one of the best records in all of the Big Twelve, one of the best records in the country. I, to be honest. They should be coming, getting close to being ranked, depending on what they do here in the next couple games. Um, this Texas Tech team doing a really good job starting out the season, you know. Jer- and, and I do have the People's Champ Jeremy Gillen on the line here to talk about the women's team. What's going on, Jeremy? Ten straight wins, Albie. It, it's hard to it's hard to say anything bad when you get ten straight wins. This women's basketball team is really shaping up to be. Uh, what they wanted to be. I mean, when Coach Gerlich came in, she said she had a vision for this team. Um, 
she had a vision of people being kind of homegrown from the from the ground up when this program with her and a lot of good other coaches around her coach p um things like that and really seeing it come to fruition here yeah outside of that jackson state loss this team is cooking and uh, we'll kind of get into you know who's doing it for the red raiders uh for the lady raiders excuse me and who's doing it for you know at the different spots of the on the court but like this team looks great and I, I, I'm really excited. This is probably the most excited I've been going into conference play for the women's team than in a while. Yeah, not to say the lead in a long while. Uh, so this this team is, has been been pretty impressive. So I can't I can't definitely can't knock them. Not only that, not only are they winning games. I mean, ten of their eleven or nine of their eleven wins this year have been double digit wins. Seven straight double digit wins. So like they are really. Um, They've, they've been impressive, to say the least. So this is the women's basketball team. We are going to be um, reviewing women's basketball throughout the season. Me, Jeremy, and Kenzie, who wasn't able to join us on this this episode. But Kenzie, y'all know her. Y'all love her. Y'all love her talking about women's sports. She's definitely going to be um, on the team this season to talk about the women's basketball team. So um, if you are new to us talking about the women's basketball team, you will always hear me say the women's basketball team. I personally am not a fan of the, the name Lady Raiders. So I like, to me, we're all Red Raiders. So this is the Red Raider women's basketball team on this podcast anyway. Um, nothing against that. Anybody else can say it. I just don't like to. I will, I will, I'm switching teams here, Albert. So I had a good conversation with one of the grad assistants. And she was telling me that the women's basketball team takes a lot of pride in being called the Lady Raiders because there's only like six or seven universities uh, where the women's team are the lady anything. And so it's actually a point of pride for this team. And so for me, I'm going to go ahead and keep going. And she's she, she was telling me, she's like, hey, we love it. That's what we call ourselves. That's what we wear with like a badge of honor that we're one of the last universities to kind of hold on to this. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to ride with them on this one. All right, Jeremy's team, Lady Raiders. I'll be. I am still team Red Raiders women's basketball team. Please let us know what team you're on. I'm. I'm you just listen. It's not a monarchy. Let me, let me know what team you're on. I actually want to want to hear about this and which side we're taking. Um, so let's talk about. It. Let's get into the season itself. So the women's basketball team coming into this year, Jeremy, it was uh, um, a lot of talk about what we're going to do. I mean, a lot of new faces coming in. The, there was a lot of roster roster turnover on this one. Right, you don't necessarily see it as much as you see on the men's side. I mean, Lord Jesus, that was talk about roster turnover. That's literal roster turnover. But even the women's side, I mean, half the team is new. So, like having that aspect where half the team is new on this season, you lose your star from last year, really the one that was getting all the buckets for your team last year, and 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 now the the biggest name you have on the team is a true freshman in Bailey Moppin. And so it was a big question of what were you gonna do? And they, from the very beginning, first game of the season, right, a nice nice win to start off the season there for, for Texas Tech against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, but then you follow it up with a loss to Jackson State. So you're one-on-one type of the season. And, Jeremy, I ain't going to lie to you. I, in my head, I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> it was After those two games, I'm like, you know, you beat a bad A&M Corpus Christi team, and then you lose to Jackson State. Which, mind you, Jackson State, in the grand scheme of things, in the SWAC, they, there's a chance they will make the NCAA tournament. They're one of the better teams in the SWAC. But it's the SWAC. You're not supposed to be – on evil, even kill with the swag, even a good swag team. And so this is going after that game. I was sulking a little bit. I was like, you know, it's going to be another long season. Uh, what were you thinking after those two? Yeah. I mean, I'm the same boat as you. I thought that, you know, there's a lot of vision that this, this team had going into the season. The off season was really exciting. Like you said, we did lose a lot of potential, um, scoring potential on this team, which was something we struggled with last year. And that's its own thing, you know, divvying up between, you know, who, 
who's going to be the star and how does this team actually need to function was a lot of question we had last year. But losing points uh, in the offseason, losing goal scorers, um, people can get buckets. That's not good. And so in the offseason, like, hey, we got these we got these people coming in. We're really excited. So I was like, hey, I'm kind of excited too. And then we lost to Jackson State 63-69. to 69. And I was like, Oh God! I mean, like you said, the, they may be they may be in the swack and they may win the swack, but that is whack because you're a power five team, and like you're not supposed to be letting teams like this kind of feel it out. And so for me, it, I just felt uncomfortable with uh, okay, maybe we're just not there. Kind of the way I think Texas Tech fans are feeling about the men's team uh, before a couple of games ago, where it's like you know there's just a lot of kind of misfires we need to figure out. Well, when you you, you lost thirty eight point five points per game from last year's team, right? Viv Gray, Taylor Thomas, and Lexi Hightower, the three seniors from last year's team, they gone. Um, those are your three bucket getters that you have out on last year's team, and they're all gone. So, like, going into it two games in, it was a big question of, well, then who is our bucket getter? Now, I will say, even two games in, Riley McKinney, she's her, right? She, she, she's it. That's the, even against Jackson State, she showed just how good she can be putting up 21 points in that game. But nobody else really really helped her out. Bailey Moppin had 12, but she um, she struggled. She struggled in this game, even with the 12 points. Only 4 for 13 from the field. She really struggled trying to get it going. And it was really just Riley on an island by herself with not a lot of assistance elsewhere. And so, and that's, like, after game two, I was like, that's going to be the microcosm of the entire season. Right, a true freshman trying to get it going as a, as the new face of the team. Right, Riley McKinney at least in her second season she seems to have figured it out, but but no help outside of that. And so that quickly changed though, Jeremy. That quickly changed the very next game, right? The very next game against Colorado, um, and they and this one was uh, against Colorado in Lubbock. And they pull out a win against a good Colorado team. This isn't now we're talking about now we're not, and this isn't a good with a caveat like we're talking about with Jackson State. This is a this is a Colorado team that I think last I checked was in the NCAA tournament in bracketology in the NCAA tournament. This Colorado team is not some like wimpy team that we have that that we just whooped up on. No, a very good Colorado team. Colorado right now is ten and three on the season with one of those three losses being against Texas Tech. This was a good good win. And, and they did it immediately afterwards, dusted it off. And actually, it kind of shows you after a loss, fighting back, winning this game, winning into overtime. I watched this game, Jeremy. It was a very, very well-played-out game. They, they, I, I, they were down early against them, fought their way back, f- kept climbing, kept climbing, chipping away to the fourth quarter, tied it up, and then an amazing ending there where they really just shut Colorado down. Uh, great, great job. Riley, again, had 22 points in that game. Bramber Scott arrived in that game having 14 points herself but who really arrived the, the miss inconsistent from the game before bailey moppin 20 a 20 a 20 burger in her third career game uh mopping them up oh lord jesus i was gonna let you gonna slide happen. with the whack swag nah. thing i was gonna the let you make swag. it but uh, we're recording you know, I... in the, we're recording in the morning here everyone so the <laughs> caffeine is starting to we're waking oh, up we're having God. a good time and uh, Albert mopping, has to deal with that. Mopping them up, Lord. I'm gonna hear this for the next four yeah. years. This that is- one's at least more. That that's a little bit more. That's a little easier to yeah, say. That's better. That's better than wax whack. Anyways, um, but no. <laughs> Exciting game, man. This is one of those games where you know people try to talk about women's basketball being boring. I'm like, man, did you watch this? Like, this is great. Mm-hmm. It was a great game. I mean, Jeremy, what do you think about this game against Colorado? Yeah, so this is going to be kind of the premier game that we're going to talk about until we start getting into conference. Because you, because like, you're right, this is a tournament team. This is a tournament Colorado team. 
Uh, I can't. I'm actually not sure. Let me because I talked up Creighton when our men's <laughs> side, and then was like, actually, you know what? They're garbage now. Well, to uh, be fair, to be in, on your to, in your defense, Creighton was good at the time. They were top ten at the time. They like played Texas a week ago, a week later, and lost to Texas, but still played them well. Like they, I don't know what happened with Creighton. Like I can't explain Creighton. You weren't wrong. Here's the good news: Colorado's still good, right? Colorado yeah, is good. ten and three. They're, they're ten and three, so they're still doing. <laughs> yeah, we can confidently good. say yeah. this is a good Colorado team. It's a tournament team, like you said. They will probably be in the tournament this year unless something dramatic happens with their scoring lineup. Um, the second quarter for me, it was like at the very beginning, I was like, okay, you know what? We're playing them well. At, at coming out of a loss to Jackson State, like we just need to show up. I just want to see something. And you got that in the first quarter. The second quarter for me, when Colorado started pulling away, I was like, oh no, this is gonna be this is gonna be a disaster. It was the switch to the third after the half. Gerlich, I don't know what she said to this team. I don't know what her and Coach uh, Planet uh, said to this team. It changed, and this team started looking a lot more cohesive. Like you said, Bailey Moppin started lighting up. Bree Scott was really getting under in her bag. Riley McKinney, and I think those three women right now are your your. This is a three-headed hydra for Tech because you can get you can get buckets from McKin- from all levels here. Like a freshman in Mopem, you got a sophomore in McKinney, and then the senior in Bree Scott, who who has been over the past couple of games. I mean, she is collecting buckets. Like I don't know what it is, is Christmas spirit, but she is uh, she is scoring and so um, responding. I think responding after getting kind of knocked around in the second. And then becoming your game and your momentum. And then Colorado's on the back foot for the rest of the game. Redefined what the rest of the season was going to look like. What the rest of this non-com was going to look like. And they haven't lost since. Well, I mean, so Bree Scott last year uh, was technically the third leading scorer on the team. She put up over eight points a game last year. The problem with Bree Scott is she couldn't stay healthy whatsoever. Right, we needed her desperately last year, but she just couldn't stay healthy. I mean, it is what it is. And so this year, she was actually the person I was probably most excited for of seeing a healthy Bree Scott. She had a whole off season to rehab. She's healthy. She's good. She's she's in it. And you're right. That Colorado game was her way of, of really saying, "Hey, I can play." Just so y'all know, when I'm healthy, I'm I'm here. And so, and she 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 played well there. And what was also reassuring to me was, you know, I, I questioned was was it a fluke, right? And it's easy to say that was it a fluke. We just lost to Jackson State. Was it a fluke? Like, is it is this real? And they responded well the next game on the road, first real road game of the season, to Louisiana, right? Now Louisiana ain't great, but still on the road to Louisiana and not just beating them, beating them handily. The game was 37 to 11 at halftime. At halftime. And they just coasted throughout the rest of the game, right? A nice, easy 16-point win where, once again, I saw you see more team ball in this one, right? Moppin, a, a very efficient game from her side, right? Uh, uh, Bryn Gerlich did a really good job as a lead. Bryn Gerlich, first of all, and we haven't mentioned her name yet right now. Um, I know if Kenzie was on the pod, she's going to just frustrate her. That's just how uh, how it is. But with Bryn Gerlich, to me, her role on this team is not going to be the best scorer. It's not going to be to be the best defender. It's not going to be the best passer, any of that. It's going to be the, the leader. She's the captain of this team. She's the leader, and that's going to be her job. And I've, I've seen it already throughout the season, and I saw it a lot in this game where she's picking girl, she's picking ladies up. She's picking her teammates up. She's saying, hey, let's go. Let's regroup. Let's talk about this. Let's make sure. Making the smart passes, right? She's kind of the Davion Harmon, in a way, of this team, 
right? Except, I mean, and I wouldn't necessarily say she's the point guard like Davion Harmon is, but really settling everybody down in, in crucial times. And in this one, even as Louisiana had a really good third quarter of saying, hey, guys, we, we're good. We're still we're still up by 15 or whatever. Like, let's let's relax. Let's chill. And she did a really good job of in this game. But this is really much, very much a team game, very even. Jasmine Lewis was also played really well in this game. And she's, been, she's a, 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 a new player on this team as well and playing pretty well to start the season off. Hey, uh, speaking of Bryn Gerlich, that's somebody I think that when you're looking at <clears throat> this team in, in the absence that Viv Gray left or this like point scoring, like this ball that we've been playing for the past couple of years, like, okay, who's that one person on our team? You know, pass it to the Italians. Um, Viv was that last year and to a detriment. And so when we saw like, I think something Kinsey and I've talked about is that that vacuum left by Viv's departure, um, it was like, we were worried oh my God, is Bryn going to be the one to have to step up and do all this? And in fact, what I think Coach Gerlich did really well is that she built up a lot of goals, bucket getters around her. And so getting Moppin in and getting Moppin a lot of time early and Moppin capitalizing on that has been huge. Bree Scott being healthy has been huge. Um, Riley McKinney really stepping in her own. It has allowed, it's, 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 it's ironically taken the spotlight off of Gerlich Bryn and it's allowed her to perform better you know it's like this this idea that this uh you know not every athlete responds to pressure the same some people when the spotlight's not on them that's when they're their best and that's when they're like good for the team good for themselves and Bryn Gerlich has been like worlds different whenever it's like oh it's got to run through her versus like oh it gets to run through me and now I can play a little more loose I can focus on what matters with this like the culture of this team I can keep my girls in line I can keep the girls in line with each other um, we've just seen a completely different Bryn Gerlich this season, and it's been to the greatest benefit of our team. I mean, uh, constantly being in, like, constantly being, she's one of our best facilitators on the team, assist-wise especially. Um, she's a great passer, and that's something this team, I mean, if we could, like, what's one theme of this team that we are just, you don't have to worry about? It's the passing. Passing, this, which is a complete 360 from last year. Complete oh, 360 from last year. Much better I'm passing. not sweating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, love the way that Gerlich has kind of stepped into this. You talk about Jasmine Lewis. That's a woman who has really dominated it within the paint this year. Uh, but somebody else who's kind of started to come through is Big Cat, right? Big Cat, uh, from, yeah, uh, dang, where'd she come from? Arlington. Yep. UTA. I mean, this woman's a monster in the best of ways. And the way, I don't know if you like, her body language and like getting to go to some of these games and watching her body language on it, like, dude, this is a, this is literally a game to her. Like she does not take herself too seriously. And that's a problem for like everybody else besides her, uh, because she's having a great time out there and her like body domination, her, like her IQ basketball IQ, her ability to work in this offense. I mean, she's, she's awesome to watch. She, it's, it's a true pleasure to watch her game for sure. Yeah, so Katie Farrell has been injured throughout the non-con. She's only played five games so far, but she is back. She played in the last couple games, so she is back. You, But you're absolutely right. And she's, she's the one that does the a lot of the dirty work too, right? So we already talked about Tayton Weidenheimer, which is she's Mrs. 0 right? She will play 20 minutes a game and not put up a single stat, which is impressive in its own right. Um, but Tayton <laughs> Weidenheimer does the dirty work. And Katie Farrell does it too, except she also puts stats on the board. But she does it, she does it too. She'll score. She does a, a great job in the middle. Um, and really doing when you have, you know, Jasmine Lewis and uh, Ella Tofayono 
kind of plugging up the, the middle. You need somebody that's playing off of them, not clogging it up with them. And I think that's some of the problems we've had the last couple of years of having two bigs in the game at the same time that don't know what to do outside of the paint. Right, so now when you play with Katie Farrell, she's bigger. She's six foot one, a, a, a taller, a, 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 a taller four that can doesn't have to be in the paint. Right, if Ella's doing her thing in the paint, hey, I can back off a little bit, and if it pops back out to me, then I can also move in the paint and do do what I need to do. Right, if Jasmine is doing some, Jasmine doesn't need to be in the paint to be honest. All right, Jasmine has some range to go out and hit the mid, hit the midi a little bit. Right, and so that's. I think that creativity has also worked. But yeah, great job bringing up Katie Farrell. I'm um, just kind of going back into the to the to the season here. Right after the Louisiana game, they played Middle Tennessee, and this was really the last um, game where Tech was threatened. Right, so Middle Tennessee uh, was in Vegas. We were in Vegas, and uh, Texas Tech played Middle Tennessee State in a close game. And at times in that game, I definitely felt like you know. This may be a loss. I, for about three quarters, I was like, mm, "Yeah, this is looking like a loss, right?" The Red Raiders versus the Blue Raiders, and guess what? Blue is blue is winning, right? Uh, blue fight all my segments out there, um, but blue is winning, right? And and it just it did not look like the game was gonna was gonna prevail in our favor. But credit to them, a mistake, something that they were able to do in the third, right? Not just get the ball back up, but also get the win at the end that they weren't able to do against Jackson State was close. They closed in this game. Their defense, they tightened down on defense, right? Only 13 points for Middle Tennessee in that fourth quarter. They tightened down on defense. They were able, and while still keeping the offense going, they scored the most points in the game, 24 points in that third quarter, outscoring them by 11 to really win the game in that fourth. And um, Riley had a good game, putting up 19 points there. 16 points for Bree Scott. 13 points for Jasmine Schaefer's off the bench, right? Played really well in this game in Vegas, away from the friendly confines. And a very weird setup where you're just playing in a conference room, right? Still able to go, to pull forward. None of us were able to see it but Kenzie. Kenzie was there in person. Wasn't televised. We weren't able to see it. But Kenzie saw it, barely, because it was the seating was terrible. Um, but it was able to kind of, sort of, skewed visually, see Texas Tech pull away in the fourth and win the game. Well, and I also want to bring up, you, you mentioned her, uh, Jasmine Shavers, coming from uh, a transfer over the offseason from Mississippi State. And Mississippi State is a good women's basketball program. And so Jasmine Shavers is another, pe- another another name that you want to kind of look out for when you're watching women's basketball this year. Because while we get focused on Maupin, while we get focused on, you know, McKinney, who are the younger, uh, a lot of point, getting a lot of points early on in the season here, Jasmine Shavers is somebody who is not afraid to go up and get a bucket too. And this, this game against Middle Tennessee, like you said, Middle Tennessee right now is first in the Conference USA, which... It's one of those, okay, they're first, and then let's let's undercut it by saying Conference USA. Um, but they, they know how to compete, right? So the Middle Tennessee Lady Raiders, the, one, of the, one of the other Lady Raider teams in the U.S., um, this is kind of crazy. Uh, interesting. I actually didn't know. So they're, so they're the Blue Raiders, and they also did the Lady. The lady. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Yeah, that's crazy. Met up in Vegas. Um, <laughs> Jasmine Shavers is another person to pay attention to, is basically what I'm trying to say, is that she was recruited to Mississippi State to be an eventual guard to go up and get points for them. Decided to enter, decided to enter the transfer portal, comes over to Texas Tech, buys into Coach Gerlich's vision, and now she's settling into this new – uh, system where she's not the like we expect everything from you lady and it's coming into it, it's kind of the same narrative as Bryn Gerlich it's coming to fruition for her she's being able to kind of relax play her game develop as an athlete uh, while pressure gets put more on uh, McKinney and Maupin and uh, Bree Scott in this right so- now for those that don't know about much about the women's basketball landscape, Mississippi State ain't, ain't nothing to scoff at. Like it's not like other sports where you're like, oh, Mississippi State, they're kind of a mid to below average P5 team. No, 
in women's basketball, Mississippi State is one of the top ten programs in the country, right? Like yeah. Mississippi State is a top as a premier year program. In, year so out. you know she's talented, right? Because she got a scholarship to Mississippi State to begin with. She actually reminds me a lot of Jalen Tyson, because she mm. came. If you remember, Jeremy, she was on the team last semester, spring semester. Um, but you know she transferred midseason, had to sit out, had to kind of wait till the next season began. So she was there. She's out of all the transfers that we've gotten. She's kind of the one that is, like you said, bought into girl like system, bought into it all, and was practicing, training with the girls, training with Viv and Taylor and, and Lexi, training with 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 all that. And now it's ready to. She still is still going to similar to Tyson. Still going to take some time to really, though she she shows what she can do to really get into the theme of things because she is still a freshman. She's still nineteen, but. Really, um, uh, she is somebody with a lot of talent, immense talent. And as as life goes on and the game goes on, I expect big things from her. She played well in this game as well. Um, I do want to talk about Vegas. Let's talk about Vegas. Um, <laughs> let's talk about let's bring up more drama. Let's, let's talk about Vegas because that was embarrassing. Uh, so for those that don't know, so they they played this game in Vegas. They ended up playing um, another game right after that here in Vegas. So women's basketball, there is a. Um, kind of a setup that's been really popular recently um athletes unlimited is the the main group excuse me that has uh been known to put on these type of tournaments and it's it's in a smaller setting but you have a big screen on the side right a lot of graphics being done it's really it's really um uh uh been popular in women's basketball if you watch uh WNBA during the bubble back in 2020 um they were really big on on that kind of setup, right? It's very intimate, but it's it's really exciting. It's really live, and yeah, it doesn't and look it, bad. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks it looks great. It's, it's and I think it's something that especially it's unique to to, to women's basketball, um, and so it's it's something that I think a lot of coaches wanted to to use in recruiting and say, hey, we're going to be able to do something like this, and and it was really going to be a, a something that it was going to be good for the sport. So that was what coaches that went to this tournament were expecting. They were expecting something like that for their for the, the the players on the team to really say, okay, well this is this is what we're going to be able to do and and show future recruits what this is what we were able to were able to to put forth. Um, that's not what they got. What they got was I think it was in the was in the Bellagio. Um, I think they were in the Bellagio or in some one of the one of the big hotels in Vegas. And they've got a conference room set up. They put on some plastic. They put a court down on the floor with some basketball goals. They put out some lawn chairs. Um, you know, a scores table like you're back playing in the YMCA when you were eight years old. And they're like, boom, this is good enough for you, you ladies, right? Y'all don't need nothing else. It reminds me a lot of remember the NCAA tournament was a, a couple years ago where they were they put some weights on uh, some dumbbells around. And we're like, here you go, women. Y'all don't need nothing else. Right, yeah, I mean all so this. Embarrassing. Right, yeah. but it was it was the same. It was kind of the same thought of like thinking all they need is a court and some baskets. They don't, you know. Yeah, sure. Let's get the electrical tape. We'll we'll measure in the electrical tape. We we'll do it all <laughs> on the electrical tape. Yeah, right on the carpet. It's like yeah, yeah, sure. They're you know Division One athletes that that need all of the the same thing the men would need. But now nah, all they need is a court and some. It was worse than an AAU setup. I've seen a. I was actually at an AAU tournament just about a month ago. Right. Nice AAU setup, right? Nice AAU tournament boys for boys basketball. I think it was 16U. Um, nice setup, right? AAU tournaments were set up better than what Division One power conference athletes were dealing with in Vegas. Um, it was absolutely embarrassing. Uh, Coach Gerlich also referenced how they, that was not what they signed up for. That's not what they were expecting. Um, and, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's bad. It's bad. She was she was very disappointed to be participating in Las Vegas Invitational. And let me tell you something. Had they known that was going to be the setup, I guarantee you the uh, women's basketball team would not have went. They would not have went. Three co- three teams withdrew altogether. 
altogether. Yep. So it's 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 bad. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about, and this is kind of we we continually are like knocking at this door of you know why do women's programs women's basketball especially get this kind of undersell like that they don't require the same you know level of respect or integrity or equipment or nutrition as the men's as if like the i just can't fathom it because it's in this day and age of this digital age not the things that you're doing will be put on twitter like it's gonna end up on twitter people are gonna see pic it's not something like you can bill like oh well we thought this was enough it's like somebody's gonna take a picture and now what you have to do is you have to wrestle with the entire twitter verse um interpreting it how they want to interpret it and so for me it's like if you're organizing something like this and you bill it as this giant you know in every in every sense of the word this very aesthetically pleasing this performance like performance forward uh environment and yet you get what you got in Vegas. I mean, for for Middle Tennessee Lady Raiders, like they're probably you know whatever. For Power Five programs, like this is this is completely out of this is out of left field, unacceptable. Um, and Coach Gerlich went on and talked about. She was also like, you know, we don't really know what happened, but that wasn't what we were sold. Well, so I'll even say for Middle Tennessee, like no, no, I would Division Three, like this is. Like Houston Christian, I've been to Houston Christian's basketball court. It's small. I think it's, I think it's the smallest in Division One. It's one of the smallest in Division One. That's better than what they were dealing with. There's at least bleachers at at Houston Christian's basketball. Which, real side note, it's really difficult for me to call Houston Christian Houston Christian. They were Houston Baptist. It's for tough, as long man. As I've known it's them. hard. Yeah. And it's it's really like that whole. I watched the men's game the other day. They were playing HCU. Um, it's it's weird. I don't like it. Anyways, back to what we we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Houston Christians basketball stand at least has bleachers, right? This was I would even say this is even Middle Tennessee coming coming into this is like what the hell, what what's going on? And it makes matters worse that when Auburn and Colorado State were playing, there was a um a, a, one of the Auburn players hurt, fell hard on her back, had a back injury, and laid on the court for a long time because there was no EMTs in the area, and they were waiting for EMTs in Vegas, just out in Vegas, just come around. That is that is wild. What happens? What happens if that's a serious injury? What happens if that's that's because she laid on her back? Could have been a spinal injury. Could have been some some brain leakage, some fluid leakage. Like that could have legitimately. She. And I, I know we're saying all of what it could have should us and and hypotheticals. But what what if what if what if somebody has a situation where it's minutes minutes to to save her from being paralyzed, save her from you know. And the fact that, like, that is absolutely, absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. So it's, it, the whole thing was bad. I think, I, from what I read, three teams have withdrawn from the from the next Vegas tournament because we're like, we ain't doing that again. So it's, it's, yeah, um, it, yeah it, it's absolutely, absolutely uh, um, uh, terrible. So if you want to look at how it was supposed to look, look up Athletes Unlimited, um, uh, Women's Basketball Pro League. That's what they use. They, and it's, it's nice. It's very nice. Right, what they dealt with in Vegas, that ain't it. It's absolutely not it. No. So let me. We're gonna hop off the soapbox here and talk about the the women's basketball team some more. After that Middle Tennessee State game, like I said, seven straight games where they're just balling. They're just balling. They they beat Mercer by eighteen or by twenty two. Sorry, I can't do math. Uh, by twenty two, they they beat Alabama State by thirty five. Mind you, Alabama State and Jackson State play in the same league. Um, they beat them by thirty five. Uh, they beat UIW Incarnate Word. Uh, they beat them by 18. They beat Sam Houston by 13. 
beat Oral Roberts by 14, beat McNeese by 19. And then lastly, the game we just watched uh, Thursday, uh, they beat UC Riverside by 21 in a game where their defense was amazing. Their defense was fa- absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, nothing wrong, UC Riverside also was terrible offensively, but they were terrible offensively because of how good our defense was. Our offense really wasn't there in this game, right? Through three quarters, the offense was kind of like, uh, a lot of missed shots, um, uh, a lot of things in the paint that weren't being done. But the effort was there, which is something that sometimes we didn't see all the time the last couple of years. And they were diving on the floor for loose balls, and the defense was amazing. And then eventually, the fourth quarter came, and the offense came with it, right? When that fourth quarter hit, now we're ready to score buckets. Now we're ready to make threes. Now we're ready to really pry this game on open. And it was amazing. It was great to see, and they and they did it. They went from an eight point lead at the end of the third to a blowout, to where they beat them by twenty one. It was great. Yeah, and you're talking about the offensive struggle in that game. I also just want to point out, man, it's it's after it's after finals. It's Christmas time. It, it, the the energy is already low in Lubbock. Um, the fact that they played such good defense was a win for me. Do you realize that Texas Tech is actually one of the top three point percentage teams in the nation? I think we were ranked about eighth or seventh or eighth, um, and then we kind of let it slip. Oh, people were taking more uh, more threes. I think they kind of hurt. And Coach Gurley talked about it. She was saying that I think that you know people were paying too much attention to the to the media, and they started getting kind of crazy with the shots that they were taking. But right now, you're sitting at eleventh in the nation for th- uh, you. You played twelve games, right? You've, you've uh, shot about uh, about as well as you can. I mean, you're you're pretty much at forty percent for three. Uh, and the top team in the you know UConn's forty two percent, so it's a two percent difference between you and the best three point shoot, shooting team in the nation. Um, so this offense, like they can go out and get it, but I think for sure when you're looking at this game against UC Riverside, I just you know I think they're they're ready to they're and they're not done. Now you still have one more non conference against Mississippi Valley State, and that's you know on the twenty seventh, which God forbid. Um, but you know you got one more non con game before you get to ranked Iowa State. So I think that they're just kind of checking out, not really pushing as hard as they can um, as they're hopefully resting a little bit ahead of, um, you know, ahead of conference play here. But, I mean, this is not a bad non-conference slate. Most of them, you know, most of these are kind of wet sandwiches in that they've not really done a lot. But, you know, you've got Jackson State. You've got Colorado's the biggest one. Middle Tennessee's no slouch. Um, You've done really good with where you've, what you've had in front of you. You know, you've beaten the teams you're supposed to beat outside of Jackson State. Yeah, actually, Middle Tennessee's, you know, uh, that's actually a team that's also has a shot at making that NCAA tournament as well. Like, they're supposed to be one of the better yeah. teams in their conference also, in the Sun Belt also. So, um, even that game isn't isn't something to, to scoff at. The Vegas Invitational was supposed to be a tournament for, for some of the better teams in the country, right? And so, <clears throat> so that's that was another good win. You know, that's a really good point. But they are on a roll right now. They, they look good. Um, I, I really, it, it's kind of interesting to see this team and how they are because of how good they look. And that really starts off with three players scoring double digits, right? Last year, we only had, we had Big Viv Gray putting up 20. Taylor had 10 a game, and that was about it. Right now, we have three players all averaging over 12 points a game. And that's Bailey Maupin, Riley McKinney, Briamber Scott. You kind of talk, called them the big three earlier, and that's kind of what they are. They're doing amazingly. Riley McKinney shooting over 50% from three. She's been good. Bailey Maupin shooting over 40% from three. Um, and those three, I mean, any of those three get going, it's, 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 it's a good game. 
And uh, we've seen that consistently happen from them. Jasmine Lewis, she's put up over nine nine points a game. She's been really good coming from Houston. Um, you talked about Jasmine Shavers earlier having over seven. Bryn Gerlich, that steady key, even keel, seven points a game, almost four assists a game. Um, she's been good. But also talking about the defensive side of the ball, of the of, uh, the defensive side of things, when you have three players averaging over a steal a game as well, Bree Scott, Bryn Gerlich, and Katie Farrell, all with almost steal. Katie Farrell's one point eight steals per game. Like, that's, that right there is incredible. And then, like I said, we talked about the assists already. Almost four assists a game from Bryn Gerlich. Over two a game from Katie Farrell. Almost two for Bree Scott. Rebounds. Almost four rebounds from Bailey Moppin. Little Bailey Moppin getting there, getting in there dirty. 3.7 rebounds a game. 3.9 rebounds a game for Jasmine Schaefer's. Uh, 4.4 4, 4 for Jazz Lewis. But talk about a small person getting a lot of rebounds. Tell me why, Jeremy. Bree Scott got six rebounds a game. Bree Scott. Getting in there, fighting. Six she built different, man. She's built. She built different. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, this team is this team. Yeah, a lot of new players, some veterans still. Like I said, Ella Tofiano, Riley McKinney, Lana Wanger. These are guys that have been here previously. Tayden Weidenheimer is not going to show up on the stat sheet, but she does average seventeen minutes a game. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of her thing. <laughs> She's hey, there, she... <laughs> right? She is there. She's the um, culture player. No, I mean, listen, I, I joke about Tatum a lot because she doesn't get stats. She does not get stats at all whatsoever. Uh, but let me tell you something. When it comes to a defense, you got a star on the team. When we play Iowa State and they have their scores, Tatum, Tatum she's going to get out there and she's going to do the dirty work. She's going to defend. Which She's the Shane Battier of the team. If you For my Rocket fans in the 2000s, y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, he was the guy going. He was the guy putting up five points, five rebounds a game. But had, but was his goal, Kobe? I got you. I'm defending you, and that's what Tatum Weidenheimer brings to the team. Um, but she very much. One of these days, Kenzie or I are gonna make a meme. You know how like that meme of um, Luke, uh, Snell when he had like 30 minutes but zero point, zero rebounds, zero assists, just out there getting cardio. Yeah. We could probably yeah. do the same thing for Tatum, and it'd be hilarious. But just like Snell, <laughs> Snell was known for his defense. Tatum was known for her defense. So um, that's it. But anyway, you know, I've kind of rattled off some of the stats here. But what do you, what what else you want to say about some of these players? You know, I think that uh, there's a lot of excitement coming, you know, in the future. And I think one of the big ones that we're all kind of sitting on, waiting on, is the JoJo Nawari. The I mean, from College of Southern Idaho, this is a six-five center. Uh, she has a lot of length. I think right now what Coach Gerlich is trying to do is condition her to power five play as well as kind of it's kind of a Daniel Bacho narrative of like, okay, she's got the size, she's got the drive and passion. We just have to adjust her to the style of play. And we've seen what happens, you know, we've seen what happens when a player buys into that, and Bacho's been sensational. I think Jojo Nawari is gonna end up being uh, a really exciting piece of this team going forward. You heard it Somebody here first. Else. Jojo Nawari will be Daniel Bacho. Jeremy Jeremy yes. Gillen. You heard it here first. She will dunk on Daniel Bacho. Uh, and so somebody else that I want to point out that I think is going to go under the radar uh, the rest of this year, uh, Kyla Freelon. Kyla Freelon is uh, from Colorado. She's a forward, uh, 6'1". Coach Gerlich has a lot of faith in this, in this girl. Uh, I remember during the Oral Roberts game, and this is when for me it was like, I need to go back and lock, look at some tape. Going to the Oral Roberts game, it was a one second. You had one second on the clock to halftime. You got it was out of bounds, so you had one second on the clock. It's basically like a hey, we need to have an inbound play for a win here or for a bucket here. Um, she called in Keelon off the bench. Uh, Keelon off the bench, 
Kyla, excuse me. I don't know. There's so yeah, many I names in this team. <laughs> Sorry. We just Shibuya. got we, we just got told about we our <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> we, man, we are so bad at this. Are All we, right, so Kyla, she calls Kyla off the bench. I mean, she, time. she's like, time out. She looks over to the bench. She goes, Kyla, Kyla, Kyla. You know, Kyla pulls up, subs in. Basically, it's just an inbound play to Kyla right in the middle of the paint. Jumps up, grabs it, bucket. One second. Coach Gerlich knew the free line was the athlete to get out there, and the free line was going to make that was going to make that play. And this is, a, this, I mean, if you're looking at the stat sheet, that doesn't mean anything to you, right? Because you look at it, she's like, oh, 11, you know, she's averaging maybe six, seven, six, seven minutes a game. She's averaging 1.1 points a game. She's nothing right now, right? She's a nobody, whatever. Coach Gerlich has a lot more. I think Coach Gerlich has a lot of the way that she put in her for that one play for me shows me that Coach Gerlich has a lot of plans for her future. And that's somebody I think that uh, Red Raider fans, Lady Raider fans, should really start paying attention to um, going forward. I just, yeah, I really, I don't know, something about her. Something about that 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 play call for me said, you know, Coach Gerlich has a lot of plans for her in the future. So I just, all that to say, there's a lot of people on this roster that are going to be really exciting to watch. You know, we haven't even seen a lot of Ashley Chevalier this season. And she transferred from UT. You know, she's a baller as well. And so it just up and down this roster, you've got a lot of people that this team is excited about. And I don't think a coach would say one way or another, like, oh, this athlete's giving us trouble. Oh, this, you know, I think that they're excited for every single one of their athletes. And if they could, they'd play them all there at the same time. Unfortunately, basketball has rules, and so you can't, right? So, you know, just kind of figuring out how that works. It's just exciting to see this team be a lot more complete than we've been used to. Stupid basketball and their rules. <laughs> Stupid basketball. Well, so looking looking ahead as we kind of close this episode up um, to the Big 12 Conference play. Uh, so the Big 12 this year, you know, um, we don't have the Big Bad Wolf this year, I don't think. I don't think there's really true national championship contenders, right, like we had Baylor last year. Uh, but a lot of parity in this league. Kansas was ranked for the, fir- for the first time in, like, I think they said over a decade – they were ranked, right? Kansas women's basketball is not nothing to scoff at. They don't have the history and legacy that the men's side have. And they were ranked this year. Like, they're going to be better, right? K-State is going to be a lot better. Texas was thought to be a lot of people's pick to win the conference. They lost four games already, right? And so, like, there's a lot more parity in this league. I think I think um, everybody but TCU have a really good shot at, at being pretty decent. So, I think the problem is, is that, on one hand, Texas takes 11-1. and one. They're one team in the, in the conference – Right now, they're the best record in the conference, right, at 11-1. and Now, some teams in the conference have played tougher schedules, but I don't care. Like, some teams in the conference have played worse schedules and have a worse record, right? So, um, Tech will be able to make some noise in this conference, right? But because, similar to the football side, because we don't have the big battle wolf, right? Um, Well, I guess I should say TCU is is TCU, so they're they're still in the cultural playoff. But because we don't necessarily have the big bad wolf in the conference, it would be easy for national media to to denigrate the conference and say, well, okay, well, because they don't have the the, the South Carolina or the UConn or the Stanford, um, they must not be that good of a conference. That's just not the case. There's a lot of parity in this league, and I'm very excited for what's going to happen. We play Iowa State, start off, they're ranked. They have an amazing team right, right there, and I don't care. I think we have a shot at we should have a shot at upsetting that team, right? Because though they're ranked, though they have um, a really good team, right? Though they have kind of the uh, um, for those that don't know anything about Iowa State, they do have a play on the team that is has been compared 
to uh, um, the Trey Young, right? If you watch women's basketball, you know, a- Ashley Jones kind of has that, similar to Crystal, actually, Kristen Clark over in Iowa has been compared to Trey Young. But then you have Ashley Jones, who's also kind of that put up 20 points a game star on the Iowa State team. Um, so that's been another one. That's kind of been a nice little battle between the two t- state schools there. So what can we do going up against the Jones sisters there? How are we? And, and last year, Ashley Jones, man, she killed us. She killed us both times we played her. And uh, I'm, I, was, I was really excited for her to leave. Uh, but instead, her sister left. So um, that's, <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's not what we wanted. That's not what I, that's not what I was asking for. Um, so, but anyways, Iowa State's going to be a good team. But I think we have a good shot at upsetting them. Right, I think I, I don't. There's not a game this year that I'm like, oh, we don't have a shot at winning because I don't think there's anybody that's that great. And I, I actually think we're better than expected. So we'll see what happens. I'm not a, predicting an NCAA tournament run this year. What I'm hoping is for a, a postseason, whether that's in the NIW, whether that's in the WNIT, whether that's in the CBI. I'm okay with going to the CBI. Right, I want a post. I think a postseason is something they can definitely shoot for, similar to the soccer team this year, as far as shooting for some type of postseason. Um, that's a uh, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going. That's a, that's an easy, that's an accessible goal for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So, anything else yeah. you want to say about this women's team before we head out? Um, hell of a ride. I think that, like I said, there's really nobody left on. I mean, there's nobody in conference right now that I'm looking at and going, ah, shoot, that's going to be a tough one. Iowa State's going to be a tough out. That was Iowa State will probably be. Well, I hate to say that too, but Iowa State's going to be a really good kind of shake them into a different. We're, you know, we're going hey, to not, see how good this yeah. team is against Iowa State. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's going to give Coach Gerlich and company a lot of opportunity to um, – because it's at home, which is a big win. So it's going to give them a lot of opportunity. This is a lot of restful opportunity to, like, draw up, you know, good plays, figure out what what combination of athletes do you want on the court to give you the best chance. You know, how is that going to look? How are you going to adjust to the adversity? Iowa State's going to give you the toughest defense you've faced all season. Um yeah, I'm ex- I'm just really excited, and that's going to be on 31st. So yeah. right before the new year, baby. Plan the and, that, and they're technically right now they're the highest ranked Big 12 team right now. So that's um, right out the yeah. gate. We're playing some a lot of people's picks to win the conference. Right, right from the very beginning. So we'll, hey, we'll we just see. we let's get out there. Let's get it out there. Let's see let's see how good the team is. I, and, I, and I really mean that. I, I want to see just how good the team is. Like I said, Kansas was ranked at one point. Oklahoma's ranked. Baylor's still ranked. They're still Baylor, so they'll still be there. What you got? And you know what's funny? We we open the conference with Iowa State, and we close the conference with Iowa State. We don't, you don't play them again for t- t- three months? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it. we got a long, a long season ahead. We'll have more of these episodes. Hopefully, Kenzie will be able to join us later on. So, um, really, I think this whole episode, everybody was listening and saying, y'all are all right and everything, but where's Kenzie? Where the hell is Kenzie? She will be here next time um, to talk more. She's on that big house, Riz. She's That's right. she's on a whole different level right now. Oh, yeah. She just bought a new house. She's leveled up on all of us. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm busy furnishing my home. I can't podcast right now. Yeah. She's, oh, okay. she's, she's We're she's like, leveled. oh, yeah, yes. Like, I don't. Yeah, my my town, my small townhouse. I can't relate. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so for the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen, for the rich girl that is Kenzie Garcia. This is Albie Strong. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.